Welcome back to this week's episode of All Systems Go. I'm Reen, and joining me in this four-player podcast today is Tim. Hey, guys. Lessa. Hey. And Joel. Games! (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. First of all, before we go any further, I think we'd all like to take a moment and express our appreciation to all you listeners around the globe who've listened to our podcast. Yes. Mm, Thank you very much. And I know I'm not speaking for myself when I say that it's completely mind-blowing to see that we have over 100 hits on the first episode alone. Not bad. That's awesome. Impressive, sir. So we hope all of you lovely people out there have recovered from the last nergasm, because here comes another one. Ooh. I'd like to kick off this brand new episode with a question that everyone's been waiting for, and I think it's safe to say that this is becoming a thing. So what's in your system? Definitely. Tim, oh. yep, would you care to do the honor of starting us off? Yeah, well, my system, uh, I'm just starting to flush out uh, a little infection called Mass Effect 3. Nice. Just, uh, I was sick last week, so I basically popped that in. Finally got my male shepherd from Mass Effect 1 and 2, you know, right up in there with the Reapers, uh, fighting them to defend Earth. So finally finished that this week, actually just last night. So I've since moved up, actually, to a couple other games. My fiance and I have been playing Battle Block Theater since that was a free game on Xbox live I mean, i love free stuff and then another free game that i downloaded a while ago that i started playing solo was uh, dust and elysian tale which is a pretty awesome action rpg right up my alley it's like beautiful artwork you know really really cool game to play it's kind of quirky some interesting jokes but there's some cameos from other video game characters in there which i'm enjoying so i would highly recommend that one ms effect series to anyone who has like 130 to 150 hours to spare start your shepherd and mass effect one carry that through because great game all around so you beat it in a week you're saying basically yeah, yeah. if you just basically quit your job if don't have any friends or <laughs> yeah. family yeah neglect your animals Obviously. and your pets there's no totally. excuse not to really. basically i mean everything is secondary to mass effect in my opinion besides neglecting the pets part i might take you up and just start <laughs> my copy of mass effect we here at uh, all systems go do not condone abuse of animals <laughs> no, we don't. We, lo- we love them, we cuddle them. <laughs> Definitely. So, how about you, Lessa? What's in your system? Well, Rain and I revisited Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City a couple of days ago with a friend who just recently got Twitter, so I will give him a shout-out. So, Chris, this is for you. XChaos66 is his handle, and he needs more Twitter love, guys and girls. So, yeah, along with Rain Bean and Lily King, um, she's also on Twitter. Perdita Del Vero is her handle, and she's the one that actually got us all together, and while we've been boosting, Operation Raccoon City since to get the versus trophies for that game and because seeing as that was a selection of trophies neither of us four had so yeah in my system I finally got the platinum for Operation Raccoon City so I am feeling very accomplished on my end and now that's all I have to do is to help my buddies like Rain and then together transition our way into Resident Evil 5 and 6 for those versus and mercenaries trophies nice all right, cool. What about you, Joel? I've been playing uh, a little bit of Mario Kart 8 on Wii U. Still pretty fun. Uh, just some random Wii party games. Since the Wii U can play, it's backwards compatible with Wii. So I did some Family Feud, some Trivial Pursuit. A little more family-friendly to, you know, family members that don't really game very often. Plus the games probably don't have a Luigi death stare. They don't. The they don't. So. Speaking of Luigi, also was playing a fair amount of Mario Party 9, which is the most recent Mario Party. Nice. Very uh, ashamed to say, my friend and I let Luigi win. Oh, you don't. Rule number what? one in gaming. I don't know Luigi if I should. Win. I know, but I don't know if I should be admitting this uh, in the podcast. But uh, it happened. Luigi got extremely lucky. 
at the end of the board, crossed a bunch oh of mini God. stars going back and forth. Got, oh, they wow. have this reverse dash space in Mario Party 9. So we got these 10 mini stars that went back, got them again, got oh, to the man. end of the game. Luigi got close, but I think I still got this. He gets all three bonuses at the of end. Of course. Thanks. Wins by one mini star. Because <laughs> in the new one, they combine stars and coins, and you just get mini stars, and that's the only thing they keep okay. track of. So he was beat Luigi by a one computer? Mini star. Yeah, was he, he was a on easy. He was a computer on easy. Yep. <laughs> So, oh my God. he didn't even know what was going on in the game, just like raining stars on him. He's like, oh, okay, I, I take it. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing good, winner. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And he, and he beat me by one, so. So, basically, what you're saying is your handle is at Joel C. Slack on Twitter, so yeah. everyone go and unfollow Joel now because yeah. he let Luigi <laughs> I'm win a worthless party. human being. Just uh, terrible, I man. threw my Wii U in a lake <sighs> after it happened. Joel will not be returning for next week. So, uh, yeah, I'm yet. just saying I'm never playing games again. <laughs> no, don't say, say right that. Now. Okay, wait, so what character? Where were you playing, Joel? I was uh, Toad, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like high fiving ah, you from the That is awesome. I play Toad. Nope. Yeah, team Yoshi all the way right here. The, um, nope. Cute buddies. Peach. Toad and Yoshi, cute team buddies. Team cute buddies. That's right. I forgot. We're we're always team cute buddies with Toad and Yoshi. Mm. What about you, Reen? What do you got going on? Well, Lessa and I decided to venture back into Dead Space Three because we're both at eighty-one percent, and we've been staring at like the hardcore mode and uh, classic and pure survival mode for the longest time. And like two days ago, we were like, you know what? Let's. Let's do it. Let's finally go and work towards at least the silver trophy, not the golden, because hardcore is where you have to beat the game without dying once. Otherwise, it starts you over all the way at the beginning, even if you like save it three parts. So I'm like, oh, hells no. So we decided to go for pure survival mode. I think we're on like chapter three, and it's like a mode where there's no upgrade. You don't find upgrade circuits. The enemies don't drop any ammo, and the enemies hit harder. And we just have to survive with our crafting skills for everything. Like the circuits, we have to like a craft circuit, a craft ammo, med packs, and everything. So so far we're doing we're doing good. I think we only died twice. See, that sounds so brutal. I'd probably die twice since the beginning of this podcast, and I wouldn't even be playing the game. So. <laughs> Yeah, didn't you get a copy of Dead Space 3 recently? I did. It was free on um, PlayStation Plus for for PlayStation Plus members. And I, I know, you already know I have this. I know what you're setting me up for, girls. I know yeah. you want to play it. I know you want me to play it because for anyone out there who doesn't know, Reen and Lessa, I think I've made it a personal mission to get me to play <laughs> horror games against my will because I'm a pansy when it comes to horror games. I, I came and play them with all the lights on at high noon. You know, with mm, about no. fifty people around me, I'm terrified of them. So technically, you survived like the father of all horror, which was Silent Hill One. So I think you're prepared. People, yeah, I mean, it was that was fun. It did give me a few jump scares, but I feel like from what I've seen a lot on Twitter, like people say, Dead Space is very jump scary, and that's not that's not my cup of tea. Well, Dead Space One and Two have more jump scares. Dead Space Three is more action and co-op orientated, so okay. you have an advantage there. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll probably pop it in at some point, and rest assured, I'll let you girls know we'll we'll do some co-op action at some point in the future. I yes. can't wait. All right, so um, let's go ahead and get into our first topic today. So there was an article that we read recently on Kotaku that um, basically talked about how some games have soundtracks that are, I like to think that they're so good that they're distracting in a way that, you know, you're playing a game and you can't even get over the fact that the, the soundtrack is just so mind-bogglingly awesome. 
that you're just like, oh, I'll just pause and listen to the pause menu for three hours while I do housework, which no one does. But that's, <laughs> well, well, eh, yeah, yeah I can't. <laughs> Close, no, I right? Done that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's kind of the idea. So we started thinking, you know, for the podcast, what what are some of the soundtracks that we've come across in our gaming lives that we've either thought maybe are so distracting, either in a good way, maybe a bad way, in a video game, or maybe soundtracks that are just so phenomenal that they pop into our heads in everyday life personally historically probably forever until i'm dead i'll probably be humming this on my deathbed legend of zelda ocarina of time will forever be a game that just i mean it's legend of zelda basically that that game started the whole love of the soundtrack of that series and i find myself humming it before i go to bed in the shower all the time so i think any kid with an n64 in that game probably feels the same way mm. but that's yeah it, for me. it could have a phenomenal soundtrack i loved it mm-hmm one series, uh, gaming series that has the best soundtrack, just in general. Like if you take the whole body of work from the series, I think Legend of Zelda is probably the best, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I do know that a lot of people say that Final Fantasy has like a really great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. that one has some classics. Yeah. yeah, I mean it does have some consistent songs. Like the Prelude is, it's timeless Second for a lot of gamers. But each game has its own separate soundtrack that's different from the others. Whereas I think. Legend of Zelda has a lot of similar songs. Yeah, they'll bring back stuff, like put it in like a medley or something, or like rearrange it in a cool way. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay. Well, speaking of, yeah, for me, um, I remember playing Wind Waker, uh, I guess it was about a decade ago, wow, uh, for GameCube, and when I got to Dragon Roost Island, that song was just incredible. I think I've listened to that song like on my iPod or on YouTube, like various remixes or the original like live arrangements, live arrangements of it. I probably listened to like fifteen, twenty hours of it in my life. <laughs> Such a great song, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah um, on the subject of revamping OSTs, I know that for Resident Evil from the nineteen ninety six release of the director's cut, when they released a nineteen ninety eight DualShock version, they replaced the soundtrack, which. I don't know. I think, in my opinion, the newer OST or the rewritten music for the DualShock version adds... I mean, it does add a whole different feel to the game. For better or for worse, I guess it just depends on opinions. But personally, I think the DualShock version pales in comparison when uh, compared to the, the Black Label. I don't know. The, the director's cut, has, the music has more of a, a, an electronic hype um, or rock beat. And when they revamped the music and the feeling switches later on to sounding more symphonic based and maybe atmospheric but in my opinion there's way too many fades within each track and it doesn't just offer that zest and daunting rumbles and eerie violins you know because atmosphere is is very important and you have to have an uppity beat when you're about to get caught in death trap (laughs) nothing meeting those expectations are pretty lax in my book i forget which version it was when les and i were like playing resident evil so long ago it was either the black label or the dualshock version but when you come up on richard eichen's scene where he's been poisoned by the yawn, whatever music from which version I was playing made the scene very human. Like, he's poisoned and on the floor, but it made it very humorous because the music overpowered his his voice, and he was on the ground and it's like he was struggling to communicate with Chris, and we couldn't hear him over the music and I sat there, I'm like, oh my god, this poor man. Like, uh, whatever music was for that part, I think it really degraded the scene, maybe. That might have been the original, though. Yeah, I don't know which one it was. <laughs> like, I, well, I prefer the Black Label to Dual Shock, but... Yeah, but, like, that scene was humorous. 
It's just a bummer, though, especially like a game that's so serious. And my, I mean, I don't know, maybe Resident Evil isn't as serious as I think because I don't play those kind of games. But for like You're a scene sure. that is so serious, it kind of sucks when the soundtrack doesn't really fit the game very well, at least that scene. Mm-hmm. I know for Code Veronica, they had an amazing OST for that. Like the track number 75, the code is Veronica. I'll never forget that moment. It's been so long since I've played the game, but I believe it was right before the final battle in the Antarctic base where the self-destruct system is activated and the clock's counting down. Things were heating up and then the scene came on and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And like, it was such a crucial moment in that game because I have to put a code in to disarm the self-destruct system. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the code is Veronica and the code was Veronica for the game and I was like uh-huh it, it made me giggle on the inside and that theme just means something to me now quite literal yeah yeah hey, reading lesson maybe you can help me with this I think one of the earlier Resident Evils had a song that's like notorious for being one of the worst video game songs of all time uh, I think it's called seller is like the track the the song title it might be the first Resident Evil it sounds like I've, it sounds like a cat just like running back and forth across an organ it's like someone just playing <laughs> random organ notes, trying oh, to like set the mood. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? I think I know like which part that OST played. I'm not sure. Like I don't remember looking up the OST seller, so I I think I know which room they might be talking about. But the yeah. only rooms that like I really know of are the save rooms because once you entered like through the doorway, when you know you're in a save room, this little theme comes on. You're like, this is the safe room. I can stay here. I can check the crate. I can save my game. So it was. I, I can't tell you about the seller. I'll look that up after this podcast. Yeah, but everyone at home should too, because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's something. So yeah. Resident Evil game, cat running across an organ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, You'll it can't it. be any worse than Rebecca playing the Moonlight Sonata. That's an inside joke. Like, <laughs> like it might be, might work better in game when you got you know you're scared and stuff. But like just listening to it, just as it is on YouTube, it's so bad. So bizarre. Just crack up. Oh. Speaking right. of hilariously bad uh, video game soundtracks, just look up Crazy Bus. Crazy Bus title screen on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I remember that. It's the best. Yeah. That's... Better yet, there's a remix where someone <laughs> started the Crazy Bus theme over every half second. <laughs> I, I highly <laughs> yeah. recommend that. If you can make it through that, I commend you. Wow. Okay, so now that we've made, I think, everyone of our listeners go insane yeah. at this point listening to terrible music. <laughs> um, and it's kind of good. We talked about Resident Evil. Kind of like a... Is that like a... It's like a zombie survival game, isn't it, Ring Lesser? Or is that completely... Am I like completely off base with that it was like zombies and bow's bow's being bioorganic weapons yeah but down the timeline of like with four five and six it turned more parasitic Hmm, okay now they've lost the whole original like zombies and maybe a couple bow's like Hmm. the yawn the hunter but i really i'm looking forward to the next resident evil title hopefully announced at the end of this year speaking of zombie titles that we're looking forward to you know reen lessa and i have played uh left for dead before left for dead 2 multiplayer and had a good time with that just found out that uh left for dead 3 is in the works which is awesome news for all of us uh here at the table because First of all, it's just a fun, fantabulous game to play multiplayer because it's filled with hilarious moments where people just get killed all the time or shoot each other in the face, cough, cough, Melissa. <coughs> so, oh, yeah, um, that's, <laughs> come on. I bet you it's Reen. If she records it with her game card, I will prove to you that it is Reen who shoots people in the face. You know, I'll just come out and bluntly say it right now that it is me. I do shoot people in the ass, not the oh, face. That's true. But... She does shoot people in the ass. Plus, Reen, you're also kind of a junkie. 
<laughs> the adrenaline. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Yeah. The screen just goes. Just trying off. to get him to run faster. That's the, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. The ass, run faster. Yeah. The height. Oh, the adrenaline. It works. Yeah, the adrenaline. You just get you so pumped up. You just can't help but shoot people in their their butt cheeks. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually great. have a screen cap, and I'll post it on Twitter after this, of me shooting Ellis, which was Lessa in the ass. Nice. Wasn't there a time I think we were having a really very mature moment in Left 4 Dead 2 where we were on top of crates hitting each other melee style, and I think somebody shot me in the crotch about five times? I think you shot me in the crotch. Oh, I shot you in the crotch. No, Uh me immature? Please. I'm always mature. (laughs) I don't. Please. Uh, And then you took a screen cap and showed it to me, and I was like, thanks. No, I had an accident, so what? (laughs) Yep. I think that is actually when you open up Steam, that's the background image for Left 4 Dead 2 for me when I open it up, which is great. It's a shot of your, like, crotch that I just shot with a shotgun, so. Awesome. Uh, just a sweet reminder, right? I know, right? You so, know. Joel, this is what you're going to have to look forward to once you get that. Oh, I've missed it. I, remember, uh, I went through a pretty heavy Left 4 Dead phase back in the day. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I want to get back into it. Yeah, so once Left 4 Dead 3 comes out, we're all definitely going to have to jump on that and uh, get some four-player zombie fight in action and uh, make sure that, well, if anything, at least I make the LZ because I hate dying. It's terrifying. So I'll <laughs> sacrifice anybody in that yeah, game just to make yeah, it to the LZ. Yeah. Friends will quite literally leave me for dead. Yes. And just run it. Oh, I made it. And like, we are, we're all dying. Yeah. And then just shows the credits. Survivor. Just that Everyone, one. Else, Everyone else died. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we always have like a nice moment of silence for whoever ends up dead, which is probably going to be... Lessa or Reen. Hey, hey. Okay, yeah. No, Lessa is the one who's every man for themselves. She's like, I'm a vamp. I can handle my own. Whoever's back there, it's your fault. You're so far behind. (laughs) Well, I just thought she would die because you shot her in the ass. (laughs) So no, I can take it. I've had it happen before. (laughs) She has padding. (laughs) She comes prepared. I know better now. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, we have that fun to look forward to in multiplayer universes. But another great multiplayer game that's going to be coming out, which was actually just announced that it will have multiplayer, is The New Legend of Zelda for the Wii U, which I think the code name or the working title for it right now is Hyrule Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is the official yep. title. I believe. It's the official I've title. Seen the cover for it, yeah. Okay, great. So oh, that's, okay. that was announced it had multiplayer, which is awesome. I, you know. Because I don't know, it seems like it would work. It's you know work well as a multiplayer game with all the characters you can play as. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. You know, I actually have one complaint that it's exclusive for Wii U. <laughs> Why? Well, what did you? Ex- I mean, it's Nintendo. I mean, yeah, it's it's always going to be there. It actually looks like mm. I, oh my god, I'm like stroking right now, but it looks so good. And then I saw a Wii U exclusive. It was like one of the moments where it gets closer and closer and closer. And I'm like the whole I cannot even coffee table flip moment for me. And I was like, oh, fudge that. Why? Well, look, you can always put it down on your Christmas list. Be like, I want a Wii U with Hyrule Warriors. Play well, some multiplayer. Okay, wait, doesn't Joel have a Wii U? I sure do. Boom. All right, son. Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you <laughs> buy Hyrule Warriors and then let me know how it is? I might. I think I'll at least rent it. For those who don't know, it's basically um, along the lines of the uh, Dynasty Warriors games with the uh, Zelda universe characters inserted into that format. I just had a very heavy sigh in so. my own head. You said that. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's the whole the basis of the game. So it does still look pretty fun. Probably a rental for me. I'm looking forward more to like the main, the big Zelda adventure that's coming out for Wii U. That's going to be part of the canon. Yeah, that's what I want. Is that one Wii U exclusive too? It's a Zelda game, so yes. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> Uh, oh I mean, maybe 3ds god. also. Yeah. I mean, 3DS. Okay, thank you. Oh my god, I have a 3ds. 
I found a new purpose maybe, for it. Maybe. Thank you. Maybe. Maybe. Might get okay, don't come well, back and get mad maybe. at me when it's only Wii U. Yeah. I well, will. I will spam you my hate. <laughs> like a lot of games, I might get a port to the 3DS or right. the 2DS later, but I have a feeling that the kind of game it is, the scope of the game, the hype it's getting... Sounds will, like it's going to be Vast World. It's going to be on yeah. the flagship system, which is the Wii U. So, I mean, because it's, it's become huge with the the sales from Mario Kart 8. Yep. Um, it's gotten a lot of boost from that. So Smash I'm, coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Smash especially coming up as well. Yeah, I'm sure they'll see so Everyone buy a Wii U. Yeah, then basically. There's no problem. Hell, I mean, I almost dropped the coin on it the other day, and I don't even really have the money to, to do that right now. So, mostly because of Mario Kart 8, all the awesome stuff. Yeah. And Luigi Death Stare. Mm-hmm. Alright, when Christmas rolls around, I'll consider a PS4 or a Wii U. Or both. Wii U. <laughs> no, you don't need a PS4. Just well, like, I'm just waiting on... Capcom to announce a new Resident Evil title because if it's PS4 exclusive and I buy a Wii U, I'm going to throw one of my consoles outside the window. So yeah. They're not going to. series is uh, it's over. It's done. Mm. No more Resident Evils. Bummer. Okay, hush you. Yeah, you. Then you can play the new Fatal Frame. I would not be surprised if her hand reached through the microphone and started <laughs> Punch strangling you. Just punching you. She's like, shut up. Uh, stop lying. She like freaking Darth Vader forces yeah. your neck. No, like, I'll admit, I think the only lack of faith in Capcom great Resident Evil titles were like 1, 2, and 3. I know a lot of fans love 4, but it did yeah. mark the new survival horror route that 5 and 6 took. Uh, Revelations took a different turn, and they brought back a bit of the classic survival horror, but I don't know, like, for the new Resident Evil, they just shouldn't go back to 4, 5, or 6. They should kind of reboot or do something classic with it. Though the co-op aspect was really neat, because that's the reason why we got separate PS3s to play Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6, because we couldn't stand the the split screen and everything. But um, on the co-op aspect for Hyrule Warriors, I know this isn't the first time that a Legend of Zelda game can be played with co-op. You know, the the other times were the the Four Swords adventures for the yep. GameCube mm-hmm. and Wind Waker with Tingle, and I remember yeah. being excited when first finding that out, like knowing that Reen and I could play a Legend of Zelda game together now after like buying the requirements and whatnot, of course. And I was excited then, but like as being excited for Hyrule Warriors, I mean, it might grow on me because the way I see it, Legend of Zelda isn't really a fighting game series. It's more about adventure, role playing, and puzzles, not hack and slash. I mean, besides mm-hmm. the Wii you i love that aspect how you can take control of link with this sword and when you hash like a, when you slash sideways so does link and i was like oh link just got so much more sexier <laughs> so when the decision rolls around for a wii u or a ps4 i mean that will be the day yeah i think like, it's going to be interesting to see how the heart containers are obtained because i think either via some trailer or it's been known that link starts off with just a sword and three hearts, but then later in the game he's seen with like maybe about ten hearts and the master sword. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if that if we have to buy them with the rupees we collect, or if they're going to be obtained via like collectibles during gameplay or chests. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just come out of the closet right now and say this: I'm a huge Dynasty Warriors fan. I'm a big fan Are of. You? I am. I'm a big fan of like the Romance of the Three Kingdoms saga, Dynasty Warriors. I've been playing Dynasty Warriors since Dynasty Warriors Two, and I have Dynasty Warriors Eight right in the shelf here behind me and that's part of my grudge with the game is that it's basically taking the formula of dynasty warriors and putting it in legend of zelda which i I feel a little 
upset about because I love Dynasty Warriors. It's not a very popular title in the United States. It's way more popular overseas, but it holds a special place in my heart. And for them to take that formula and just slap on a bunch of Zelda skin, Legend of Zelda skins, and just make it a probably, I mean, it's going to sell huge, obviously, because anything Legend of Zelda will. That's kind of my main grudge with it, but that's my little soapbox there. But being a big Dynasty Warriors fan, Lisa, I think what they'll probably do is they will probably have boss battles just like any other Legend of Zelda game, it'll just be a little different. There'll probably be like hordes of enemies that are coming at you at the same time and you have to fight your way to the boss. Just like in Dynasty Warriors, you have to fight your way to like some clan leader or, you know, a general or a a major colonel in the army that you're opposing. And once you defeat them, you can gain awesome weapons and all those sorts of stuff. So that's my guess. Okay. Oh, God, that totally reminds me of uh, this one PlayStation 3 game that uh, Lessa and I played. It was uh, Genji, Days of the Blade. Mm -hmm. The way you just said generals right there, because I know for some levels... The macho guy in a general... Oh my god, like, uh, those were harder than the boss itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it just depends on probably, like, how you've prepared for the battle. I mean, this is just me talking from Dynasty Warriors. I can go on and on, but I'll just make it brief. It just kind of depends on how you prepare for the battle, and you can, if they do it right, there's multiple ways you can attack and plan on the battlefield to defeat your enemy and get to either the person you're supposed to save or the enemy you're supposed to defeat. Um, yeah. You know, once you start it, you can probably maybe strategize a bit. So I'm hoping they at least do it right and they at least honor the Dynasty Warriors franchise a bit with that. I wonder if the characters are going to be put in the different classes. Like in, I think in the Dynasty Warriors games, there was one uh, Warriors Orochi, which is a cross between Dynasty Warriors Five and Samurai Warriors Two, mm-hmm. um, where the characters were grouped into classes. I think of power, technique, and speed. So, I mean, I could see it in Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors. Like, Magic would probably maybe be Midna, and then Cleric uh, with Zelda and her supportive magical abilities, and then you have the Fighter or Warrior as Link, and then Stealth, I guess, is Impa, and then the Goron Chief, he might be, like, the demolition type or the character with the most strength-based abilities, but no stealth or speed, just relying on, like, brutality and, and ground pounds, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Just hearing you say it kind of reminded me of Stratego, the board game. I don't know why. Like, bombs and stuff on the <laughs> Field and just like, yeah, I mean, it's basically like, I mean, let's be honest, it is like Stratego, but better because it's huge and massive and involves Legend of Zelda. Oh, and it's a yeah. video game and not a board game, so. <laughs> but no offense to board game players out there, but I prefer my games in video form. So let's go ahead and move to our next topic here. There was a an article posted recently about a child who was playing a racing game, and I guess his father had passed away, and while playing this racing game, he found his father's quote-unquote ghost in the video game. And I don't think we're talking like some Fatal Frame stuff here. It's It was his oh, yeah. father's racing ghost, like the car that follows the father's track as he played before. It's sort of like a time trial or a way to gauge your competition before you. So we just thought that was a very first of all very interesting story also kind of a a touching heartwarming story in a way that you know video games can be used as you know not only just entertainment but they can also touch people's lives in many ways i mean there's tons of stories out there of people that have turned to video games in times of stress or hardship ways that video games can help teach us lessons about life ourselves and help us through tough times um you know, that kind of hit home for some of us in, in some ways and just kind of got us thinking about, you know, video games that maybe have touched our lives or things that we've seen online that have this sort of theme to them. Um, and personally, 
and I just wrote an article about this on, on my blog, my father is a huge influence on my gaming life. He started me out when I was about five years old with Sonic the Hedgehog, and I never looked back. And we used to play all the time together on you know the living room floor in front of the huge cathode ray tube TV. And one of the games was NHL 94, the old classic hockey game. And I still will, you know, once every couple of years, pop that into the Genesis, and I'll see me and my dad's stats there, of like how many goals we've scored, how many assists, times we've matched up in our records. And it's just a nice way of kind of connecting to the past. It's like something that's never changed, you know, it's something that's static, and it harkens back to a younger time in my life. And really helps me connect with my dad. So that that story really, you know, kind of touched me a little bit in the heartstrings, pulled them, plucked them. I don't even know how you say that, but... It played them like a harp. It definitely did, yeah. I mean, as for me, when, when I read the article, when I read Ghost, it took me back to the time when I was religiously obsessed with Mario Kart mm-hmm. on the Super NES and then also the Game Boy Advance. And when I played Mario Kart, I think it was called Super Circuit on the Game Boy Advance, with the, the time trials and how each time I would get a new completion time. Like, I think my most recent one was 1 minute and 15 seconds on the beach level in Mushroom. Guy Guys Beach. Yes, there you go. And so the second time I played that level, the ghost, so to say, or the ghost data from my last run would be tailing my ass and racing me towards the finish line. And, I mean, it's hard to race yourself, but then to see, like, how that son did a memento of his, his father, that must have been truly epic. <laughs> I can only imagine, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Joel, I think you had something um, something about, was it Majora's Mask or something along those lines? Yeah, so the hearing about the story with the ghost being in the video game, I immediately thought of the video miniseries on YouTube called Ben Drowned, in which supposedly a child's ghost, ghost of a boy who had drowned, was trapped inside a Majora's Mask cartridge. And it was later revealed to be a hoax. It's just a big creepypasta mm-hmm. video this guy whipped up uh, using a hacked ROM of Majora's Mask. But if you watch the the videos, it's pretty freaky. Because Majora's Mask is already a scary game to begin with. And this guy took the Link <laughs> statue that appears in the game. He had a spam all over the place wherever Link would go. And I think that's supposed to represent Ben in the game. Oh, wow. And, that's uh, kind of crazy. Uh, Link kept catching fire randomly in the game. He would, like, catch fire, like, scream and die, and the game would just reset. (laughs) And the guy uh, who owned the cartridge, his file name kept changing to different things. It would say, like, Drowned, or it would, like, change to Ben, stuff like that. And Hmm. it just keeps seeing freaky things happen in the game. Freak stuff. Cryptic things, like, you've been met with a terrible fate, haven't you? And, like, Ben Drowned. Jeez. Stuff like that. So oh wow! It's pretty, uh, that, that's a little intense. Stuff. I like it. I know yeah. what I'm watching after this podcast. Yeah, same here. Definitely. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it's just one of those one of those stories that I don't know personally. It just transcends video games beyond just you know the console and what's on the tv i think it's something that i really encourage people to read the article if you haven't seen it you should probably just you could probably just google son finds dad's ghost in racing game or racing video game and read the article i highly encourage it um because i think sometimes we get a little caught up in you know video games is you know just entertainment and sometimes we can take them a little seriously i know sometimes i can get very rage quitty myself but it's nice to kind of look at the other side and see how there are you know, I mean, there's real human beings playing these video games, and they can actually interact back with us, even though they're just basically pieces of software. It's a good article, so I highly recommend it to to our listeners. So, well, that was that was some heavy stuff. So, I think uh, we'll move on to something a little bit lighter at this point. Um, 
which is Comic-Con. That just happened. Oh, totally. <laughs> so I know that we all went. We all chartered a flight over to Comic-Con. Mentally, <laughs> oh, in the yeah. gaming world, we all took a flight together, held hands, mm-hmm. and Definitely. walked into the huge convention. Yep, and we had an all-systems-go booth, so I hope you all saw us there. <laughs> this is all lies. We didn't yes. go. It was terrible. We just sat at home and ate chocolate. And, we wished we were there. Yeah, we wished we were there. So, But hey, anyway, Comic-Con happened. A lot of big stuff. A lot of news came out. And of course, we're going to talk about the biggest news that comes out of Comic-Con every year, and that is cosplay. Because... It's always awesome. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. You were so into that. I seriously, it's like I don't care what games are announced. I don't care what movies are announced. I mean, obviously, Wonder Woman looks awesome in that game, and like there's other stuff from Walking Dead. I know we're all excited about that stuff. Oh God, yes. I have a marquee of the Walking Dead season five trailer. Oh, I know. You've probably got the thing on. You're probably watching it right now. I'm sure. Oh, I will. I will after this. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like cosplay has become such a huge thing. I mean, it kind of used to be something that years ago would be laughed about, or people would be like oh nerds dressing up as you know characters and all that sort of stuff that aren't real but it's really become a huge industry that people go to these conventions they spend tons of money every year just to dress up i'd be curious to see how much how big of an industry cosplay has become in the last decade i just find it fascinating that people are so creative with their expression of their favorite characters movies games what have you so i thought it'd be an interesting thing for us to talk about what we would cosplay as like let's say we actually could afford tickets to san diego and got in and wanted to show off our awesome skills and dress up as a favorite person so girls i'm curious who would you cosplay as if you were to be at a con okay wow that's a hard choice i mean right now reen and i have have this sort of running gag since the unfortunate accident and my stupidity with spraining my ankle while jumping a stupid fence refresh refresh that it's dislocating, re-popping back in that turned into Ooh. a sprain. Whatever. Yes. Okay, whatever. It's, it's a sprain now, okay? It's almost fully healed, but we were thinking about this and we could totally cosplay as Miu and Mayu from Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly, like me being Mayu since I'm the one with the foot problem, and then Mio. you know, just always running, doing stuff. We went to the movie theater, like, I think last Friday, and they changed the theater and there were so many steps and Lessa was, like, at the bottom. I'm up, like, 14 and I'm like, come on, Slowpoke. She's like, wait for me. I'm like, no, get up here. I have to get a seat. It was one of those moments, like, in the game where uh, Mayu's bringing up the rear. She'll be like, Mia, wait! So it was one of those moments that it was a running gag that stayed. And it will stay until it's fully healed. (laughs) But, so, yeah, I guess that would be my choice right now. But you never know. Next year it might change. I may be like, I want to be Ada Wong or Itachi from Naruto. But So what about you, Tim? Who would you cosplay as? That's the kind of thing is that, like you just said, it would probably change next year or whatever because... I was thinking about this the other day. Just playing Mass Effect 3 has gotten me so hyped about that game that I would love to go as Commander Shepard. Mostly because that N7 armor is so awesome. It's so badass looking. I just think it would be so cool to make, but also super difficult to make. So I'd probably lean on my fiance, who's way more creative than I am, and she would hate me, so I probably wouldn't do that. But I think it would just be cool to go as Commander Shepard. That being said, I was also thinking, since I said earlier we've been playing Battle Block Theater. For anyone that's played that game, one of the main characters, which is really not like a main character, I guess, in that game, but it's called Hattie Haddington, who's like this blockhead guy who wears a top hat and is like constantly crying. It's kind of terrifying in a way. But it, there's some <laughs> really, it's, 
it's some great cosplay potential in that because he wears a nice sharp suit. So basically all I would need to do is just show up wearing a suit and some nice black shoes and then just have a nice big block head with a top hat on top of it and paint tears on my face and it would be freaking awesome and I think it's really cool so I google imaged it and it does look awesome and my fiance and I are actually thinking of maybe doing that for Halloween now so but I'd probably do that if I lived in a perfect world where I actually had muscles and would look cool doing it I would go as um Ganon Ganondorf from uh, Legend of Zelda yeah yeah, the beard and that green skin so sexy well that's the the thing is the beard you know like I have a beard and there's really not a ton of video game characters in the world that have beards like full beards there's a lot of mustaches there's a lot of goatees there's even more mutton chops and stuff like that there's really not a lot of full beards with mustache connections and everything going on with it so you know Ganondorf's probably the lone one there that I can think off the top of my head or Zangief from Street Fighter, but like I said, I'm I'm like one one millionth of that strength and buffness, so there's no <laughs> way I'd be able to pull that off at all. So um, yeah, and uh, going back to the N7 armor for Commander Shepard for Mass Effect mm-hmm. for Dead Space Three, if you have a Mass Effect Three save data on your PlayStation Three, uh, you can unlock the N7 costume. So it's like Isaac Clarke can wear the costume of Commander Shepard. So it's like he's cosplaying in the game with the armor. Oh, really? Something to look forward to if we play. Yeah, definitely. No, I didn't know that. So they're are they both made by Bioware? Uh, EA. Oh, or Visceral EA. Games or EA or one okay. of those. Yeah, because it was actually interesting. I was playing some, um, I was playing Mass Effect 3 online, and you can, I guess I got like a bonus armor or bonus character from playing Battlefield 3 with my dad. So I was like, huh. And I looked it up and yeah, they're both made by similar companies. So that's actually, I like that cross-platform or, or cross-game kind of collaboration or whatever you will that has those like different skins or armor sets or whatever you have so that would be pretty interesting to see given my history with uh mass effect so joel how about you who would you cosplay as if i had to pick one video game character to cosplay as i think without a doubt lara croft tomb raider boom it's the only one nice i mean she's just so empowering would you get the female character I would go that far, I think. Would you? Just for that one time that's, that's cosplay. Good. That's good. I think it's very empowering. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, if I had to give a real answer, I'll have to be lazy and go with other costumes I've already worn for Halloween. Uh, back in high school, friends and I got together and went as the Tetris blocks. Oh we each God. took a Tetris block. Yes, I remember went that. Around. You were there. Yeah, yeah. I was. So I went around as like the L block. With the music, I had a backpack. I was such a cool kid in high school. I had a backpack <laughs> that had speakers in it. Boom. So I had the Tetris theme playing, and I was walking around school with the L block, and we'd like pass each other in the hallway or something and like fit together for a second and then keep going. That's so awesome. So I think that'd be fun. That's um, classic. Slenderman, I was a couple years ago, oh, which kind of counts because you know, you got the Slenderman and Pages see, game. I think we'd all like to see Pages. Yeah, so you go to a party and just kind of stand in the background and watch people, and like as they oh walk up God. to you, they notice you and freak out. So that's fun. That's um, awesome. <laughs> those are the two that come to mind. Nice. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, seriously, I remember the Tetris. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Actually, it reminds me when I worked at Epic, there was a bunch of people that came as Pac-Man and the Ghosts. Nice. And, like, big paper mache ones. So, yeah, I saw that online. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And then, um, no, Slenderman. I asked you pictures because that would be terrifying. So Yeah, and the other one I, I would like to do, one of my friends went for Halloween as a Sim. So he'd, like, go around with the green diamond above his head, nice. like, happy. And then if, like, something bad was happening, I think he did it also at high school. So he'd be in class, like sitting there, like the lecture would go on for too long. He'd switch the green one with the red one, and then stand up and like wave to the sky, like "Swaba, you came!" Just like yell some gibberish. 
<laughs> oh be obsessed. I think that'd be fun too. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, very good ideas. So yeah, I think those would all be awesome cosplay ideas for, for Comic-Con. I think if one day we ever happen to meet up and go to San Diego or any other big big Comic-Con, we should definitely yeah. uh, do some cosplay together. That'd be awesome. It'd be an interesting group. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Oh man. Such variety. Such variety. Such variety, much con. <laughs> that doesn't work as well. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Well, I think that's basically it for us this week. So I think we had some great talks, guys. I especially love the Comic-Con talk at the end. Nice little lighthearted. So, and I think we all are going to go to bed tonight dreaming of Joel as Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. I'm sorry. Um, no, don't that be sounds sorry. That awesome. It's, yes. It's, Wake up screaming. It's glorious. <laughs> so, I love the imagery. Oh, my god. Oh, yeah. In that, like, those uh, short shorts. Oh yeah, he'll be at, he'll have the short shorts for sure. Oh yeah, I'd to. love to see this. The yeah. slick legs and the, the long hair. Sexy, so hot. Yeah, yeah. Don't shave those legs though, Joel. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> That's got me. Oh my goodness. Well, on that pleasant note, uh, just wanted to say thank you everybody for listening. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at asg underscore podcast. We can also be found on iTunes if you just search for All Systems Go with an exclamation mark. We're also on Stitcher, which is a podcast app. Go ahead and download that. Download us right into your ear. Search for All Systems Go there as well. And uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, like I said, for any updates going forward, any other new podcasts coming out, or just to chat with any of our members. And as always, listeners, gamers, everyone across the world, game on. We'll see you next time here on All Systems Go. Intro music provided by Wonderflux and outro provided by Labyrinth. You can find more information about All Systems Go at asgpodcast.podomatic.com or follow us on Twitter at asg underscore podcast.